Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Summerton, and I just wanted to do a little bit of a pre-introduction to this podcast this week because I'm introducing or talking to the fabulous Karen from Legally Yours. Now, Karen and I started our businesses at a similar time, but Karen is a legal enhancer. She used to be a lawyer, but she's not anymore, so she's a non-practicing solicitor. She's actually on the board of um, the Australian Legal Tech Association. She's the CEO and co-founder of Legally Yours. And Karen's passionate about driving change in the industry by creating convenience, easy access to fixed fee lawyers throughout Australia and believes in empowering community to enable them to understand their legal rights and obligations. Like as we know, dealing with a lawyer can be very, very intimidating and it shouldn't be like that. So Karen is also on a mission to help enhance the way lawyers deliver their legal services by educating them on what a fixed fee is and value-based pricing. Because when you listen to this interview that we do together, you can see that Karen's really makes it very, very clear that we as customers need lawyers and they are a service-based business. And we've got to get them to start thinking like that. So you know, she refers to Legally Yours as sort of the Uber of divorce. So just like what Uber did for transport and Airbnb did for finding accommodation, Legally Yours is trying to do that very same thing for finding legal services in Australia. The business is amazing and we talk during this interview not only about what Legally Yours are doing but the issues that we both see in the industry to date and how you might be able to learn from some of this information. So I also did just quickly want to make an apology because it does sound from my end that the um, recording wasn't the best so please I apologize for that but it's it's well worth listening to this podcast because Karen gives away some really, really good nuggets of information to help you manage your lawyer. All right, so let's get into it. Welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast and thank you for joining us. Get ready to uncover the strategies everyone can implement for successful separation and divorce. This will save you valuable time, money and emotions while learning the secrets to your happy ever after. Now your host, my wife, Tanya Summerton. Well, I'm here today with the beautiful Karen Finch, who I've known for quite a while now. We yeah. pretty much started our businesses at roughly the same time. But Karen, can you explain to the audience, um, you used to be a family lawyer. Why did you choose to, to do that as a, as a job? What's really interesting because for me, family law sort of embodied everything that I wanted to do good with my legal background and my legal knowledge. So I, a, a bit of context for me, I sort of was one of those typical law wannabes. Um, when I was a young child, I thought that I was going to emancipate the whole of South Africa with apartheid, um, you know, fight for human rights. And, and But that was always kind of the premise of why I wanted to get into law in the first place. Um, so went through my degree and actually worked in a criminal law firm while I was studying and that was a huge eye-opener um, but I just probably wasn't quite tough enough for criminal law and then when I actually finished I ended up going into a sort of boutique family law practice and actually really loved the family law because it was to me it was a very human side of law 
there was, you know, your interaction with the client, you could actually see how you were helping them, you could be a part of this sort of, you know, sometimes quite dramatic or volatile kind of event life um, that's going on with those clients. So that's what really attracted me to the law and to family law in particular, because I really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. So how long were you in the family law industry? Really teeny tiny. (laughs) So I actually heard some stats the other day saying that most family lawyers burn out within two years. And I actually can see why, because I think that it's certainly when I was practicing many years ago, the actual what you're trying to do for clients and help them through this situation where they're separating, often there's children involved and those sorts of things. The actual family court system, which is adversarial by its very nature and pits people against each other, doesn't suit um, the family law situation. So what we were trying to do was push them into fighting when ultimately at the end of the day they need to come to an agreement in order to move on and, and you know, just because you separate doesn't mean you stop co-parenting. Um, you know, there's still a whole heap of things that you need. So, um, yeah, so it was only for a very short time. The burnout was pretty quick. I found also the fact that I was being told to bill, bill, bill. So that was the other thing um, and that certainly wasn't unique to the firm that I was working in. But back then it was very much billable hours, billable units, you know, spending lots of time on files, no kind of focus on outcome or delivery or service. Um, So, yeah, I didn't last very long. I actually found it quite soul-destroying. And in the end I had to make the heartbreaking decision to leave the profession, which was really, really horrible because I loved my clients and I loved being a family lawyer. I just couldn't operate within the system that I was given. You're sort of stuck between the rock and a hard place, aren't you? You're stuck between what is best for the client yet what your boss is telling you you have to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing, you know, I think through all of that is that it was really interesting because back then, and we're talking, you know, quite a few years ago, there was only one way to be a lawyer. There was only one way to practice. There was only one way to look. There was only one way to be, to be seen as professional. And so, you know, it's, it's really interesting because, I actually thought there was something wrong with me because I wasn't able to practice in that system and why, why couldn't I just, you know, go ahead and bill, bill, bill and send invoices off and not care if the client wasn't happy with that or, you know, it, it was really, and it's only sort of taken me now certainly through my work with Legally Yours to understand that there's actually something fundamentally wrong with that um, system and that there is a different way to practice and there are, you know, different ways to do it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it, was a, it was an interesting period in my life. Because it's funny because, as you said, you you became a lawyer because you had empathy, you cared, you wanted to change the world, and then you go into this role where you're told that, um, and I I use the phrase all the time, is the lawyer that we're choosing, are they outcome-focused or income-focused? And there's such a difference because if they're income-focused, it's all about using the court system and and prolonging it as long as we can, and if they're outcome-focused, what can we quickly get done to to get this over and done with and let you get on with your life. And that's certainly you. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I do a lot of work with, um, with law students at universities and, it's, and it hasn't changed in terms of the law students. Everyone I see, I, I haven't actually met one yet that came up to me and said, I'm doing it for the whole 
cold hard cash. I'm just doing it for the money. They all talk about, you know, I want to help. I want to change people's lives. I want to do good in the world. And 99.9% of people that go into law that want to practice are doing it because they've got these wonderful um, empathetic skills. They, they want to help. They want to feel like they're doing good in the world. They've got a sense of justice. And then yet we take them and we say to them, you know, once they've done all this great stuff, we're going to micromanage you, put you into a firm structure, make you build by the hour, tell you that success means if you can spend the longest time in the office and, and that's what makes you a successful lawyer and it's just not true. Because there's no life. life. <laughs> it's no life. But, but really, funnily enough, clients don't want that. You know, I've never had a client say to me, I love my lawyer because I spend lots of time on my file. You know, time is not the value of a lawyer. The value of a lawyer is in our trusted advice, it's in our legal expertise, it's in our ability to communicate and translate the law, our ability to go in and negotiate on, part, on behalf of our client, and none of that has anything to do with time. So, you know, it's really about changing how lawyers see themselves in the system and also them getting real about what clients want from them and matching that experience up. Yeah, no, I, I agree totally. <laughs> um, so. Obviously, why did you then decide to leave family law? Obviously, you said that you, you were burnt out. Was there any other big reasons? Yeah, it was the billable. It was the billable hours, hands down. And I think that, you know, I was kind of sick of time and time again of having, you know, these clients come in who were very vulnerable, um, very emotional. They were going through quite a traumatic episode in their life and me having to just, you know, note down billable units, you know. Okay, I've spent five minutes doing this, five minutes doing this. Okay, let's get you to court. And, and back then as well, um, mediation was starting to come in in terms of during, so once you'd issued proceedings, there was a part where mediation was starting to be encouraged, you know, once you're in the court process, but certainly there was no, um, you were never ever encouraged to settle or negotiate before unless the client came to you and said, we've already reached an agreement. That was the only time you ever did it. So for me, you know, and, and I, I actually vividly remember saying to one of the last clients I ever helped, you know, I can, I can issue proceedings on your behalf and we can take it to court, but all that money that you've built up and the money for your children's education is going to end up going to me and to the other side's lawyers. And, you know, where, where is it going to leave you? And just thinking, it's just hopeless. So I ended up essentially leaving thinking that there was something wrong with me. Clearly, I wasn't cut out for being a lawyer, um, you know, that I needed to go and find another profession. So it was pretty, pretty heartbreaking. And then, you know, for many years afterwards, I would actually introduce myself as, I'm Karen and I'm a failed lawyer. So I really thought, oh. you know, I never, which, you know, interestingly, I never actually questioned, was there something wrong with the actual process or what I was being told to do? It must be something to do with me. Well, and we know that to be completely different now, can't we? <laughs> we do, we do, which is really exciting because, you know, there's never been a better time to be in law um, from, from a lawyer's perspective and a law student's perspective because things have really shifted up, which is good news. So can you tell me or tell the audience a different way, the different ways that you can actually get divorced? So in today's system, what should you be trying to do? Absolutely. You should be trying to reach agreement. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really funny thing. And when you actually talk about, so, so the court system is adversarial. And by adversarial, what I mean is, is by its very nature, it's an argument. It's putting one side against the other. So, and it's been really interesting because this idea of mediation is now um, flowing through into commercial litigation matters. It's coming through into all other areas, property disputes, because everyone's now, and this, this includes the court um, and includes 
the legal industry is you're beginning to see that it's much better for everyone involved to actually settle things and understand, even if mediation isn't successful, people still have a better understanding of what it is that they're, you know, arguing about. What what are the issues? Um, so 100% we would say that if you've separated, there's got to be a point where both of you need to come together to A, hopefully reach an agreement, but even just understand where the issues are at. And that can be done via mediation. Obviously, counselling is always a good thing. Um, and I know you and I have had many conversations around, you know, counselling is not just necessarily for the present, but also for future. Um, and it helps people sort of resolve those issues and understand. Um, you know, there is, there's a new phenomenon now coming out called parenting coordinators. Um, so I'm not sure if you've heard too much about the parenting coordinators, but th there's all these sorts of different things, divorce coaches, which are all coming together to really kind of help people to say, don't have as your first step issuing proceedings. That should be the last case. That should be your end, end result. You should at all times try and come together because ultimately if you go into the court system, you are giving your power away. You're giving your power away to the lawyers. You're giving your power away to the judge. You're giving away your power to the federal magistrate because they don't know you. They don't know your children. They don't know your life. They don't know your circumstances. And ultimately, they don't have to leave any orders that are made beyond once you get out of the system. So why would you do it? Why, why would you do it? Yeah, look, I've got a client at the moment who um, just a stunning lady, lovely mother, got three children, but her youngest son, uh, her ex-husband, um, they went to court and to fight over parenting. So this magistrate, they just got her on a bad day yep. and she took complete and utter offence to the, the female that we're working with and has put a family order in place that is just, it's stressing her, it's causing her nothing but pain and anguish yeah. you've got to swap the child at the police station every oh. night like she gets so sick in the stomach just thinking that she's got to go and swap the child all for two hours and all she wants to do is go back and say well why can't i picking up up from school but yeah. at the end of the day like you said someone who doesn't know her does not know anything about her just had a really bad day whatever the yeah. case may be whether someone cut in front of her on the way to work or whether yeah, yep. it wasn't nice, yep. who knows, yep. <laughs> that's impacted someone's life and yeah. nothing but pain and anguish. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, not even to kind of put into context the financial kind of outlay for all of that, which should be money that you're spending on your, your children and, and rebuilding your life. Like it's just ridiculous. But, but I think, you know, we're sort of caught in this in-between system where um, I think a lot of clients don't understand the power that they have in terms of choosing the right legal professional to assist them and choosing the right processes to go through can actually make such a different result in the end of how this sort of this process works because I think there's still a perception out there that you go to a lawyer you sort of put it in their hands um, you know they'll issue proceedings and then off you go so I think that there's a real education piece which is what I love about what you do Tanya because you're so big into the education and just talking about it and opening up the conversation and saying to people you actually have choices of who you go to and I challenge anyone, even if you're, you know, in a completely volatile situation with your ex-partner, if you actually lay down the whole card figure, whole, you know, the numbers to say, okay, if we go to court, it's going to cost in excess of 200K each. 
or we could actually just get, you know, get real. Let's, let's try and work on our friendship. Let's try and work on how this is going to work after the fact. Let's put our kids in the center of all of this. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it just, it doesn't. And, but a very crucial part Part of that is who is their trusted legal advisor. Yeah, and if you right. have a legal advisor saying, no, no, just go, issue, this is what we do, intimidate, do this, then it's never going to work. So you need to be very careful with who you choose. Um, and interview, interview your lawyers, you know, ask them for testimonials from other clients. Understand, you know, who else they work with. Do they work with mediators? Do they like to be in that mediation process? Do they understand what a parenting coordinator is? Do they, you know, can they look at counselling or help you with a divorce coach? You know, look at all those sorts of things and you'll know really clearly. Yeah, that's right. And and obviously that's exactly what I stand for. There's got to be a better way. And, you know, I look back at my ex-husband and I now, at that at the moment when you're in it, you just, you hate everything that they stand for, not because you hate them, but you hate the position that you've found yourself in. And later on, you know, like I'm not saying for any stretch of the means are we best friends, but I'm happy to have a conversation with him. We've got children together. You know, you just get over it. It's gone. It's done. It was done years ago. We don't need to be bitter and twisted anymore. No. And if you carry that around with you, that, you know, how do you ever move on? How do you recover? Um, And particularly, you know, when you throw kids in the mix with all of that, you know, how do they understand what positive relationships are or, you know, how to move on with conflict and those sorts of things. So it's, yeah, it's really, really important. and, And absolutely, we see the vital role. Interestingly, you now got a court system that is encouraging people to stay out of the system because they can't handle it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so they're at capacity, aren't they? They are. Well, they're beyond capacity. capacity. So now what we're seeing is, is that there's a real strong push to say, go and sort this out with mediation first. Try and get, you know, try and settle it together. Try and reach agreements, and then you know, draft your orders and get those approved by the court, so that at least then people are sort of staying out of the system. So I think we're sort of in this almost twilight we're about to kind of you know tip over where I think I think the future of way family law matters will go be very much you know you go to a mediator counseling you sort of tacking all those services at the beginning the lawyers come involved they then can help with drafting at the end and then you submit that's that's what I think it will will end up being but we need to educate people around that process well we need to let them know that there's another way and you're right when I well, when I talk to clients, straight away they go, well, when are we going to court? Wow, hold <laughs> We're not going to court. That's the last thing we want to do. But everyone thinks divorce in town yeah. Yeah, and look, I understand it too because if you if you imagine, I mean, most some, sometimes people's first kind of interaction with the law is through a separation. Where where's our reference point? Often it's American shows, you know, yeah, like we've all watched that. Suits or Ally McBeal if you're really old, or you know, like we've all watched those shows, and that's what they do. They go to court and they argue and they stand up and they do this, and but but it's just not, and and certainly not for family law not for family law. This is this is personal. This is human-related law. No one's done anything wrong. No one's committed a crime. You know, we need to be sensible about, yeah, about the system that. and about the process. So tell us about this amazing business that you have. Like it's just next level. I love it. Oh, you're so supportive. And, yeah, I love, I love the fact that we started our business journey almost at the same time together. So, for, so I guess the way Legally Yours kind of played in. So obviously from my experience of what I had um, with the legal, in, the legal system and leaving legal and then I actually came across, so kind of skip forward a number of years, I had my own family and, um, anyway, I was looking at getting back into the workforce and I've always, even though I felt like a failed lawyer for many years, I've always still loved the legal industry, loved it. And 
I came across this job advertisement with um, a beautiful woman by the name of Mira Stamis, who was my former co-founder, who was asking someone to join her on her mission of creating and, and bringing to life Legally Yours. And everything she wrote in that job advert, I just thought, oh my God, this is this is what I want the legal industry to be like. So a bit of context around Mira. She was a corporate banking transactional lawyer in the UK for many years, working on really high net worth files and everything was fixed fee, everything. So when she came back to Australia, she was sort of like, why, why am I being told to build by the hour or build these units when it can actually be all fixed fee and fixed fee is so so much better because the client, you don't argue with the client over costs because you've already agreed it. And it's better for the lawyers because they can budget and they could forward think and plan. And then, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense why we're just sort of not having these value conversations up front. So she saw a real gap in the market. And basically, Legally Yours was born out of that, knowing that if she could get the message out to clients that fixed fee is the type of lawyer you want and convince lawyers to practice that way, we were going to have a great, a great system so for me, given the fact of my, I left because of, you know, a huge part because of the billable hours, I just thought this, this business is amazing. So I sent her this email saying, probably won't want to speak to me because I'm just a mom and, you know, I didn't last in the legal industry very long, but um, I'd, I think your business is amazing and the rest is history. So I absolutely fell in love with Legally Yours. So what we essentially do is, I guess a good way to kind of relate it to your um, community out there is... When you think about Uber, so before Uber started, you had taxis with transport services and, you know, people were using taxis, but they weren't very happy with it. You know, often, you know, they, they sort of might not take you the right way. You never quite knew how much the journey was going to cost. Um, you know, sometimes they weren't the friendliest of people. There wasn't a lot of customer service. And then Uber comes in and what Uber does is it creates a whole new market of consumers for transport services because they've made it convenient, they've made it easy, they've made it accessible, they've made it fixed fee, they've, they've actually kind of then, so now you've got a whole heap of people who traditionally weren't using transport services and now using it and that's what we do with Legally Yours is that we're saying to people, we, it should be easy, convenient and accessible for you. You should know up front what your legal fees are and we will connect you through to those lawyers. So essentially sort of an Uber for legal is um, kind of probably the easiest way for people to understand what we're doing. Um, and we've got, you know, some amazing lawyers, not just in family law, but across all areas of law, but particularly our family law lawyers who are just, you know, they're doing things differently. They are phenomenal. So really, really incredibly excited about, you know, the network of lawyers that we've built and are building um, and what we're being able to deliver to community. Yeah, so if we, we go back and go back a step and let's talk about the billable hours. So um, please, if I'm wrong, make sure that you correct <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, 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 of course. So let's say I'm a client and I go to a lawyer that charges by six-minute increments. Yeah. Now, if I ring up and have a phone call with that lawyer and speak for five minutes, I will get charged for six minutes. Yeah. If I ring up and talk to that lawyer for seven minutes, I will get charged for 12 minutes. Yeah. If we look across a file over, let's say that file goes for 12 months, there's probably such, let's say there's, you know, a full chunk of that time that we're being billed for we have not actually even used. Yep, yep. yep. Right. And what's the value in that? What, what what's the value? <laughs> what's the value? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I had a client not long ago who um, had been 18 months with a lawyer, had $60,000 worth of bills, and she said, but I don't know where, where it went. And yeah. when I explained to her that's how it worked, she said, yep. I had no idea. Mm. Now, my business, we use 
a lot of your lawyers or will use, you know, fee-for-service um, fee lawyers. Yes. So a fee-for-service lawyer, because when I was going through my divorce, the biggest issue I had was budgeting. So here I am, I'm single, I know, I now no longer have a joint income, so I need to know just to alleviate at least one stress in my life what my bill is going to be at the end. Yeah. So having a fixed fee lawyer, I was like, because I come from a project management um, background, I was able to say to my lawyer, this is the budget and we're not going anywhere past this. So you need to get it done for this or that's it. And she was, we well and truly got within that budget. Yes. Now what I do with the clients is by able to give them a fee, it means that they don't need to worry about what the bill is going to be. They can just go off. So let's explain more. What is a fee for service and how does that work? So, so yeah, so essentially you've, you've got it in a nutshell. Well done you. So um, it, it is, that's what it is. It's basically having the value conversation upfront with your lawyer, where you talk about all the different options that can happen in a family law matter. They should talk you through that process. That call should actually be complimentary because what they're doing in that call <laughs> is giving you an education around how the process is, what needs to happen, where this could go, and then outlaying to you, okay, so these would be the costs and this is what would be delivered. So for instance, if it's a separation that's just happened, there should be a period of negotiation in that where letters back and forth. So what you do is you say, you know what, we're going to write five letters back and forth. Let's see if we can reach, let's see where we're at, let's see where the headspace is at. Hopefully also the lawyers encourage you to go off and get some counselling, potentially even said to you, do you think mediation could be something we could work towards as well? <laughs> um, you know, so starting to talk about all those sorts of things, but then they actually tell you what they're going to deliver and the value they're delivering in that. Then you move on to the next stage. So family law is a little bit unique in the sense that it's, it's very stage-driven um, and you would want a lawyer to be quite processed on that. So be saying to you, okay, we're going to get to this level and then move on and then this is the next stage we're going to go to and this is what's going to be involved in this next stage. But at all times, I mean, when we say fixed fee, what we're actually really talking about is transparency, certainty, communication of value. So we're actually talking about all of those sorts of things to try and make sure that the client knows at all time where they are upfront, where the client spend is. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting one because lawyers traditionally, we've never been taught how to talk about our value um, and how to actually really understand, um, you know, what we're delivering. We, for some reason, we're much more happier just sending off invoices blind, hoping that people will pay it. And I just don't understand why. <laughs> well, there's no other industry where you can actually just no. go, I'm going to overcharge you and you're going to get no value. But, you know, there's, and I had a lawyer once that I was working with that I was interviewing for a client and she, I'd said to her, look, do you do fixed fee? And she said, well, actually, no, I don't because I find when I do fixed fee, because I have to quote more, it's yeah. actually better if I yeah. charge by six minute increments. No. And that was their excuse for not doing you know, right. so, so what we would say to her then is that she doesn't understand what fixed fee or value-based pricing is all about. So um, like you say, your, your project management background is 100% the background. So I've got lawyers that actually are commercial litigators, so serious litigation matters that employ project management skills in order to do scoping, in order to do, um, you know, value-based pricing based upon the process. So I would actually challenge clients to say if, if they get a lawyer that says that and sort of say to them, well, um, 
you know, if you don't have enough experience to understand all the different processes and the different ways that this matter could turn out, you're probably not the right level of experience I need. Wow, that, know, boom. <laughs> do you know what, though? We have the most one, the community in general are so um, generous to lawyers. I, I often, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients say, oh, the poor lawyers, though, how, you know, how are they supposed to understand, you know, where the matter's going to go and how long's piece is string and it must be really incredibly hard for them. And I'm like, if they can't tell you, then don't go to them. Why, why would, I mean, would you go to a mechanic if the mechanic said, oh, look, I can't give you a quote for this car service because, you know, I don't know how long a piece of string is. You go, well, I'm not going to you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's a really, um, it's an interesting dynamic because we need to sort of say to clients, these are the questions you should be asking. You should be demanding a fixed fee. You should be saying, if you can't give me this, if you can't scope this matter out, if you don't know mediators or you're not willing to be part of this process, then maybe you're not the right lawyer for me. Um, and also educating lawyers that this is the way it needs to be done as well. So there's two pieces on both sides. And between you and I, we can we can do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, we can. We're taking on the world. We're taking on the world completely new platform that we launched about a month ago um, and that platform we've made it really easy um, we've got a little um, chatbot that pops up so for people that aren't kind of a hundred percent sure of what type of lawyer they might need um, you know because law is confusing and if you actually go back to the history of, of legal it was set up to be confusing because it was an aristocratic profession. So it wasn't meant to be for the common person. So therefore, you know, it is really confusing and complex and difficult sometimes to digest and understand. So our new platform is essentially us really trying to make it, you know, very um, easy. We help with the match. Um, you know, our chatbot can help with the match. And obviously we're always on the phone to help as well. So this is our industry and this is what we love. Given that, I, I, I actually really loved that comment that you just said then. Do you think there's a hierarchy in the legal industry of people that think that they deserve to get paid so much more? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a um, sort of a secret. I, I don't know how much of a secret it is because I've talked about it quite a lot. But um, when, when you go into law school, so I still remember my first day of being in law school and I didn't come from a, you know, a really expensive private school education. I did, you know, it, I went to, the, I think, the cheapest all-girls school in Victoria, um, which was great. I had a wonderful education. Um, but that first day, I remember the, the professor coming in and actually saying, you know, clapping and saying, well, well done, you've all made it to the elite. You know, you are the elite. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not that elite. I'm driving a Mazda 121 in the car park that's probably got a couple of dints in it. Like, I'm, I certainly don't feel elite. And I never got into law because, for me, it was about the money or about class or, you know, it, it just never even entered my mind. But can you imagine, so that's what you're being told from the first day you get into your law degree. How, how does that roll out? How does that play? And interestingly, I met with a law student um, not that long ago and I actually told her this story and said, you know, I'm sure they don't do that anymore. And she said, oh, no, they do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, really? Are we still doing that? So if you, if you get really real about it, what are lawyers? What's the legal profession? We are a service industry and we cannot practice if we don't have clients that pay us. But we need to deliver service and we need to understand that there's a, a, a customer. That's the other thing. I love talking to lawyers about customers. They are customers and we are a service provider and we need to do that inside it. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, you know, we need to start breaking down um, those barriers and, and that perception that we are elite, you know. Because it's funny service. because my <laughs> favourite lawyers that I work with most mm. are normally their mothers 
Yeah. So they understand what it's like to be caring and considerate and all those things that make this Yes. Things. Yes. Um, that they've been in very similar to you. They've been in a big office. They've seen how that's run and gone, I don't want to do that anymore. But yeah. they are so down to earth that they tell you straight up what's going to happen. Absolutely. Because I, I've noticed when I interview sort of some of the bigger, let's say, the big city lawyers and whatever, like it's all cloak and dagger. There's, they don't want to tell you anything. They don't want to give you any information that you could maybe take away and go, oh, okay, where the other sort of lawyers are more prepared yeah. to just lay it all on the line. Absolutely. And that's who you want to work with. Absolutely. And there's, you know, the good news is for your audience is that there is a really, I sort of alluded to before about being a really exciting time to be in legal. And the reason it is, is there's this whole new set of lawyers coming out. And typically they've come from the big, exactly like you say, from big, big private practice firms, and they don't want to practice like that anymore and they're starting their own kind of new law firm so when I use the term new law what we're really trying to do is differentiate between traditional law or big law and a new law lawyer is someone who puts the, the customer or client at the center of all of their processes of how they set their firms up so it's all about the technology they use to make themselves more lean and agile to respond to clients. It's about them understanding who that client is. They actually do work on who is my client and what do I need to service them. They're certainly not transactional. So I think there's a bit of a churn and burn attitude in some of the firms where it's like, well, they're only coming to me for a family law matter. I don't care if I don't see them again and if they hate me at the end of it because they've spent all their money with me they'll just pay it because I'm a lawyer how are you going to challenge me you know that's that's sometimes the attitude that we've heard through a new law lawyer will say well no because if I do a really good job for this client if I and, and by job I don't mean necessarily the best outcome it, often it's the process that the person felt informed they felt like they were communicated with properly they felt in control in the process they could speak to you they felt heard um, all those sorts of natural customer service experiencings um, is that then they will go on to be that that lawyer's biggest referrer they will be their biggest champion. They will promote them. Um, so that's what you look at. And then often, you know, certainly in family law, people come back for different things. You know, they might then have another relationship and they might then at this point do a prenup or they might want to get remarried and look at doing a, a, a you know, a financial agreement before they get married. All those sorts of things um, is, you know, really positive. So that's, you know, there are a whole heap of these lawyers out there. I've built a community based on them and they're phenomenal. And, you know, I know within pretty much five minutes of sitting down with a lawyer if they're going to be right for our network because of the language that they use, because of the way that they talk about their clients. Um, and, you know, that's what we present on our platform, a lawyers in that regard. Yes, I 100% agree. So tell us how people can find your platform and where they can find you. Absolutely. So legallyyours.com.au is where you head to and you can actually, um, so we, it's a free, completely free service for clients to use. So you can hop onto the platform. Um, you can browse our lawyers and see who we've got there. You can do a search around what you're after. So if it was a family law matter, you hop on, you say it's a personal matter, you need a family lawyer. You can then decide whether or not you want someone, you know, that's based close to you or if it's, you're happy with someone that can, you know, do some virtual remote or if you want someone in the city so you can have a look and you can do some research and one of the things I'm really proud of is the way we present our lawyers so it has been kind of alluded to as a dating site but I think the reason why people say that is because we're actually very visual so I believe when you're engaging a lawyer you're creating a relationship with that person so you want to know what they look like you want to hear how they talk you want to read you know articles that they've written 
and you want to know some information about them. So we do a lot of videoing with our lawyers. We get them on camera communicating. Um, we, you know, and we tag all that to their profile so people can actually get an understanding of who that person is and can I relate to that person. So, and then we give you three matches based on your criteria. You can continue to refresh if you haven't found the right one. If you need some assistance, we've got a little chat box which we've called Josephine and she'll pop up and she can help you navigate through or you can call us um, and you'll always get a Legally Yours consultant on the phone that will help you um, navigate through and, and make the right match for your legal matter. Um, so, but look, we are really, really big on education. So for us, education equals empowerment equals engagement. So we, I think, you know, I heard stats the other day, someone saying that only 25% of people who separate see a lawyer, which to me is horrifying because I think that if there's any a time that even if it's just to sign things off and to get an understanding of, okay, we have done the right thing, let's get the orders and let's get it all kind of settled, you need to have law as part of it. You need just that, the right lawyer to kind of tie that process off. So, um, you know, we're all about education. So you can actually, we do a lot of free events. Um, we did a family law forum last year, which you featured on and were absolutely brilliant. So really lots of videoing um, and just really bringing together so people can understand the types of lawyers they should be using, sort of services that are out there to give them as much choice through the separation process as we can. Well, Karen, um, I think you're amazing. I think what you do is amazing. I am very privileged to actually call you my friend because... Oh, we are. And I feel exactly the same way. I feel exactly the same way. You, What you are doing for community, what you have been doing, um, the fact that it's come from such a personal, you know, heartfelt experience for you, I, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just, it's wonderful. And it's wonderful to see your journey of now where you're at. So, um, yeah, it's so amazing. And, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the on the show. That's okay. I've loved having you. And um, I don't doubt for a minute that we have a long, long life ahead of us. <laughs> we do. Whole family law and divorce journey for people because it can be so much better. We've just got to, we just have to give the information, as you said, education, information, provide people a better way so that they've got options because it's Absolutely. about options. Absolutely. And look, you know, divorce doesn't and separation doesn't have to be a negative thing. You know, I've certainly stopped saying to people when they say, oh, look, I've separated. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know what? It, life happens. And sometimes it's how you actually go through that process. It's how you actually end up at the end. Um, and, and it can be a really positive experience and it can be positive for your kids. It's just who you tap into and making sure that you've got the right advisors, whether it be legal, whether it be yourself, whether it be, you know, the right counsellors, mediators, all those parties together. We actually do, we've started listing mediators on our platform because we really believe so strongly in the mediation process. So we've actually got some family law mediators there. Um, so for us, it's about really just sort of bringing everyone together to, to, to get positive outcomes for people so they can go on and live healthy, happy lives. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. I've loved having you. Hopefully the audience has got some real insight now as to what it's like to be a lawyer and the other options out there. That's so, right. So thanks, Karen. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Tanya.